1: Welcome to Cosmopolitans All The Way With. I'm Paisley Gilmore. And I'm Laura Capon.
2: This week we'll be joined by holly Ann, who's going to share with us what her sex life is like as a disabled woman.
1: Hello, Elsie. Hey, PG. Hey. Hey, PG-13. Hey. Um, (laughs) I've had a really good week, actually, because I've been back in the saddle um, testing vibrators.
2: Of course you have. I what have. other kind of saddle would it be, especially <laughs> with you?
1: The sexy saddle. Because you know, we were off masturbating for a bit. Well, I'm back on it, baby. Hard and fast. Oh, the uh, the motions back in the ocean, as they it say. Really, it really is. Um, and I wanted to tell you about this one I tried because I think that you'll either be aroused or like really, really horrified.
2: Okay, right.
1: Do a tell. Wedding. Okay, so you don't often get a new type of sex toy. Like, it's all the same old stuff, kind of rebranded and recycled. And then I got sent this email being like, this one's revolutionary. It's Ooh. like nothing else you've ever tried. And I was like, yeah, bullshit. Um, but it is, and it's called the Gyrator. Oh,
2: I don't know any... if I'm in. <laughs> it,
1: but it's
2: a bold name.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, any guesses as to what it might do, given its name?
2: I'm guessing it gyrates.
1: <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah it literally like gyrates inside you so yeah, but how I'm, is
2: sorry how okay. is gyrating different to say like um a rabbit or any of those ones because I feel like some of them do gyrate a bit maybe well, more the tip
1: oh <laughs> do you know what I mean some of them definitely gyrate in the tip well it, it depends what you mean because like there's a there's a thrusting rabbit vibrator which literally like I guess pushes into you but this one is like a stirring motion so it's almost as if it's a, a human person.
2: Oh, I tell you what, forget AIs, just a narrator. <laughs> this is all wow. we need. We um, no longer need men.
1: <laughs> don't anyway. I wondered what you thought of that because basically you put it in and then it starts like stirring. I don't know. I've just never tried anything like it. it was so does it stir? Absolutely... I'm
2: I'm sorry. I'm trying to really picture it. Does it stir oh. from like the the base of um the shaft?
1: Yes, that's correct okay so that
2: that is revolutionary um I would be intrigued by that because I'm not normally into just um like a vibrating like a traditional
1: yeah
2: (laughs) carved um vibrator (laughs) um I prefer all my sexual experience by the way is from Mm. Paisley just giving me things um (laughs) but I prefer those ones that are like um you call them the clit ones don't you like that yeah. just just blow air um I feel incredibly uncomfortable right now so, um,
1: so. She <laughs> likes, um she likes oral sex toys suction toys they're known as but
2: kind um of, yeah yeah and I find like so I think that would actually be good because if you're getting that motion but then mm-hmm. I wonder mm-hmm. so you used it I used Did it. Did you orgasm with it
1: yeah but not just from that because as you yeah. know you know what my mantra is, women and people with vaginas on the whole do not orgasm from penetration alone. So I had to use a clip vibrator as well at the same time, but it was an unusual experience. I mean, Not in a bad way.
2: Okay. Better than um, if it wasn't gyrating? Yeah. It was something new. Uh, I mean, I guess we've got the time on our hands so I had to find out, but I don't know. I just find doing two at a time is just a bit, It can just sometimes get a bit, um, what's the word I want? labour is labour
1: a word is not aware. <laughs> it's like but, it's like when you're sending a text but you've also got your laptop open and you're like I've got so many gadgets on the go
2: <laughs> multi-screening yeah. um, but I definitely think that is interesting because I do think that is something as a woman you you need a bit of gyrating so um
1: Sometimes I'm into
2: the gyrator
1: Great. Um I did write a full review if anyone wants to read it which is on the Cosmo website and you know it's, it's quite an intimate review. Oh, I
2: can't wait to um hope you've given a bit of a backstory what you were watching yeah. or listening <laughs> to.
1: I actually have Elsie, yes. Um I will be well, we've got a podcast record but Yeah, afterwards. let's get let's get Holly Ann on. <laughs> <laughs> we're joined today by Holly Ann who lost her ability to walk 2 years ago. She found there was little information out there on how to have sex and orgasm as a wheelchair user. And now she's 31, she's made it her mission to publicly champion sex positivity for disabled people. Hi, Holly Ann. Hi, this is so exciting. I'm so, I'm so glad. Yeah. yeah. Disclaimer, we know Holly Ann from real life and the internet, don't we, Laura? <laughs> yeah, we
2: kind of all mutually stalk one another. So I'm um... prolific. are <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> <laughs> prolific tweeter,
2: oversharer. <laughs> but we've never discussed this. Um... Well, I haven't um, with Holly Ann. I don't know if you have. Um, so I'm excited.
1: Right. We've talked about sex a fair bit, but I want to know more. I'm just going to go in there. Um, so, Holly Ann has a boyfriend. Are we allowed to name him? Yeah. Richard. <laughs> Hi, Richard. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Richard. Um, will you tell us how you came to meet Richard? Because you met him before you lost your ability to walk. Is that right?
3: Yeah. So I was kind of at the peak of my life going about being quite bougie with the flat in Hampstead uh, (laughs) and had kind of everything apart from the, uh, apart from the boyfriend. And there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of dating and that was so much fun. Um, But then he came along and we met on a dating site and I think we met over the Christmas period. So Uh, it's probably what a lot of couples are going through with like isolation at the moment with dating we had like a couple of weeks where we couldn't see each other because it was like awkward Christmas times he was away I was at my parents and stuff Um, and then when we met we just hit it off straight away Uh, and that was you know and that was kind of it Uh, you know as what happens we had a a jaunt Copenhagen like a couple of days after we met. <laughs> a jaunt. <laughs> a, jaunt uh, a very sexy jaunt. And um yeah, and, and before I became ill, we'd spent just six months together kind of planning our future and having loads of sex
1: and, and and just enjoying each other. You're you're very much into sex and and you're a sex positive, open person. Was sex like a big part of your relationship those first six months?
3: Yeah, massively. I think one thing that Richard taught me then and teaches me now every single day and especially when we have sex is that he taught me a different way to have sex I was all about the high drama um (laughs) so I was into like I was always into like S&M you know like if there was a kink there I would try it like my rule for life is I did it I tried it because I thought be funny and I still stick by that but Richard really taught me that while well, that can still exist and you can have a lot of fun with that. Richard really taught me kind of about the relationship between sex and love. I think I'd never experienced a love like I have with Richard. And the sex is like so cheesy, but the sex is definitely, you know, was different. And it took a while for my brain to go, oh, this is this is nice. Like we're having nice sex and he's not like spanking my ass every time until I can't sit down. And
2: actually that's okay. Uh, so yeah, he's taught me a lot. So then you've been together about six months and um, then, did you contract meningitis? Then, can you kind of talk us through that period?
3: So we were we dating. We'd been out a couple of times that week. We'd been to gigs, and I felt a bit ill, felt run down. But I was working a lot. I was going out a lot. I thought it was a cold. I thought it was the flu. It was the middle of June, so you know. I didn't really have any reason to think that, but I just brushed it off. And then basically within the space for about 36 hours, I went from feeling a bit sniffly to being 10 minutes away from death, uh, which is kind Mm. of something I say these days. And I'm just like, meh. Uh, But it's because I've come to terms with it. Uh, And he was called uh, to the hospital. So he came back from Essex where he lives, London, where I lived at the time. And yeah, and that was kind of like the start of, you know, the, the next chapter of our lives. So I then went from recovering in hospital to moving in with him um, because I was suddenly in a wheelchair. Because meningitis meant that um, I basically suffered a really traumatic experience when I had the lumbar puncture, which is what they do to get the uh, fluid out of your spine. Yeah. So I got something called functional neurological disorder, which means that when you go through a traumatic experience like a lumbar puncture, Uh, your brain just freezes essentially and goes, oh, don't want to deal with this. And the way it doesn't deal with it for some reason uh, is by kind of blocking off different parts of your body for a lot of people. So for me, my left leg just doesn't work, basically. Uh, I can't walk. I'm now in a wheelchair full time. Um, And we had to adapt to that. And I said to Richard, you know, I get it. You're young-ish. You can go, like go and find somebody who it wasn't so much that I was disabled. I didn't think he'd like that, but I just knew I wouldn't be the same person he fell in love with six months earlier, but he's adapted to it really well. I've adapted to it even better because I've had to. Um And it's just been a learning. You never stop learning. I think when you're disabled and it's why I'm so pro speaking out about sex because we didn't know what to do. We've been together six months and you know, we were, we were at it a lot. And then, um and then suddenly you're just kind of, you're either not because the libido's dropped or you don't know how, like, I didn't know. I didn't know that, like, when I first came out of hospital, oh, if I touch my clitoris the way I normally do, is that going to feel the same? And I was like, I was scared of my unblimbing clitoris, like, <laughs> and I shouldn't
2: have to feel like that. I think that's a fascination though, because people are, like, fascinated, aren't they, by how someone in a wheelchair has sex. And I think, one of the things is I don't think it comes from a malicious place. I think it comes from like, cause you never see it anywhere. I think people genuinely just want to know like the logistics of it. Do you know what I mean? I I think it's just totally. people, they just, what, you know, it's just like they want to see it. So they know. Um, yeah. And that's okay because we don't see it. This is the thing we
3: don't, see particularly as a society people who are wheelchair users or disabled in other ways as sexy as a society we're programmed to see them as helpless or needing a form of help um when actually my god we are some of the sexiest people out there um <laughs> I, we've been through like we've been through a lot and we're like coming out shining like there's nothing more attractive than that but i've got um my friend justin who's also a reverend and i don't know if this makes people feel like they can ask him more or not, but uh, he has had people come up to him. He's a wheelchair user, you know, with his dog collar on. Not like literal dog collar, like Reverend's collar. And, um, <laughs> I don't know, maybe. The, anyway, uh, and, you know, and they said to him in the middle of a restaurant, you know, oh, strangers, does it still work? Um, and I get that as well, and and his does, and mine does, and, you know, and that's that's great for us. Um, and I don't mind curiosity, but I think it's when it becomes – uh
2: the fascination fuck Yeah, that's um ridiculous. I couldn't imagine what that's like just to be going about your life and someone's like, Oh, how do you have sex? Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's literally what we're doing, Laura. <laughs> no. <laughs> no Oh
2: God, we are, aren't we? I'm yeah, a boy but not... in the restaurant. Oh.
1: No, you're you're not. not though.
2: But um well we are now, because now I am gonna ask you. I <laughs> <laughs> did you have to adapt your sex position so from yeah I you were obviously quite kinky before <laughs> yeah,
3: um, and I still am uh but sex positions definitely so I have you know I liked missionary before I thought it was underrated now it's solely the kind of only position that's comfortable for me um I would do anything to have Richard behind me um but it just <laughs> like comfort wise in terms of what my body can and can't do right now that isn't an option I think people see missionary as quite boring but I think for me as a disabled person it is kind of our only option so there's a there's a way of that where we have to go right what can we do apart from like man on top of woman in this position that makes it even harder than
2: it already is Mm -hmm. yeah and do you think Richard was scared as well of like hurting you or
0: So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.
2: Do you know what I mean? Do you think he was a bit more timid with you the first few times?
3: Yeah, I think he's always like, you know, this is on your terms completely. Um, You know, you, if you want it, that's great. If you don't, that's completely get it. Um, And, you know, and that's still very much the case and that's how it should be. But the first few times I think we both didn't really know what to do and we both didn't really know where the boundaries in terms of like how much we could push it uh, would go to um but we we figured it out and we're still figuring out every single time we have sex um masturbation played a huge part for me because I swear if I couldn't touch myself like I wouldn't be having sex right now with you know with Richard because that helped me rediscover not only my sex life but like reclaim my body all of a sudden I couldn't walk all of a sudden so many things were off limits that previously weren't like going out like you know pubs and clubs and so many places aren't accessible but for me like masturbation sex toys really helped me go right okay you are still the same person on the inside and your body is damn hot like it was hot before all this and it's still hot now and let's just
1: figure out what works did it take you a while to get to that place of being like you're still hot like uh, when you first came out of hospital did you think I can't be asked to have sex. It's like the last thing on my mind in a way.
3: Yes and no. So I, it was very much in my mind because it was that my relationship was quite new. Mm. And I also didn't really know what what to expect. Nobody gave me a leaflet. People gave me leaflets on um, how to use the commode correctly and, uh, you know, and, and how to use a walking aid and things like that. But nobody said and by the way this is how it will affect your relationship so it was on my mind and I don't think we had sex until about four weeks after I came out of hospital but I definitely masturbated during that time and um like when Richard wasn't around I think you know he'd perhaps gone back to work after a couple of weeks and um and it was just my time alone to go right okay this is this is like all the thoughts and all the questions you've got Now's the time to answer them.
2: Yeah, I guess you're kind of exploring yourself like safely. Do you know what I mean? Like how you said, like, oh, would it still feel the same? I guess you can try that for yourself before trying it with your partner. I needed to know that it felt okay
3: for me before I could have anybody else know that it would feel good for me with them as well.
1: Mm -hmm. That makes sense. And that is also what we should be teaching everybody about sex, really, isn't it? That masturbation should really ideally come before partnered sex in your experiences.
3: Yeah, fully. I think there's still this weird thing of like, oh, he's gone for a rank, you know, or like, oh my God, I can't believe she does that. And we've come so far as a society, but actually like self-pleasure still seems to be off limits. Like, I don't, you know, I think when we see Masturbation on TV with whatever gender the person is, and it is mainly men or people with a penis for some reason that we see it's it's done as like a joking way or done as a way for the viewer to look and mm-hmm. almost feel a bit of discomfort. Whereas if we see a sex scene on TV, then we don't think anything of it. You know, between two people or even you know even more. Like I feel like we've seen more people in group sex on on TV than we have people masturbating.
1: Yeah, it's true. Um, you said also the way you and Richard initiate sex changed can you tell us a bit about that
3: yeah so I think for him he's just like I don't want to kind of be like hey you up for it um or try it <laughs> try it on or like you know or like what what's the term make a move um <laughs> <laughs> because he was worried that I would be too knackered and then if I was too tired I'd feel guilty that I wasn't satisfying him and it goes round and round in your heads. Um, and before I think we both initiated it equally, but now I think I, I'm the one who fully initiates it and not because of him uh, not wanting it or anything like that. And I can totally tell, you know, when he does, he makes it very obvious. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but if it's, you know, if it, if it's me, that's like, actually now feels great. Like I'm in a position where my body feels relaxed. I don't feel like I'm going to tense up. I'm not so tired that or you know fatigue that i'm going to pass out during it uh, or for any bad reasons you know the only reason i'm going to pass out you know through sex is because you've given me a blooming great orgasm so yeah so <laughs> i definitely i initiate it more and again that's taught me a lot about myself and my sexual confidence and um and really empowered me actually i think where i don't know i think again i keep talking about society but as a disabled person it's so um at the forefront of your mind but in society you know men initiate the proposal um and you know you you're taught I think from quite a young age that men are more sexual than women or people with a penis are more sexual than people without and that's not the case at all I think it's very equal um and again it's all about that learning curve of like I'm disabled I know when things feel great I know when things don't and I'm the one who's going to take charge of my sex life and I'm, I'm the one who's going to initiate it. And I'm going to be the one that, you know, says right bedroom now or bathroom or I was going
2: to say kitchen, but that's, he's a hygiene freak. So no. <laughs> <laughs> um, and obviously you are with Richard, but, um, have you found, um, that you've been, uh, again, it's going to be the word that I can never say oh. fetish. <laughs> <laughs> Help me out, Paisley. Um, yeah. fetishized. Um, by men because you're in a wheelchair have you come across any of that hundred percent and as a I came across it as a, a fat woman beforehand um
3: and then as a wheelchair even more so so I've been like at busy train stations in London and I'll just be sitting there like drinking my coffee or whatever waiting for Richard to go and get like some groceries or something and uh yeah I'll have men kind of just come up and be you know and talk to me and it's as if I should be grateful Or they'll say, well, I've always wanted to fuck a woman in a wheelchair or, you know, can you still like, and it's just like, well, good for you. But also I'm more than that. Like I am, you know, ass, legs, tits, the whole shebang. It's not just the wheelchair. So if you're going to fetishize the wheelchair, maybe go to a, you know, mobility center, wank next to one and be arrested. Um, (laughs) But if you're going to like fancy me and want to
2: fuck me, like you take the whole thing. And the answer's no, by the way. But you take the whole thing, you know. I feel like so empowered right now. Mm. Thank you so much, holly Ann. Honestly, I think a lot of people will really find your words um, helpful and quite comforting. So thank you so much for coming on. Thanks. Okay, read a question of the week, PG. Yay! How how do you actually slide into someone's DMs? And I am really, by the way, this is genuinely a listener question. It's not my own. But I I really want to know because it's something that I've had a lot of successful relationships um, start with a DM slide. And I've got no idea how to do it. So
1: very personally invested. You've had a lot of successful relationships from DM slides. We've no. heard of <laughs> Do you know me?
2: No, I've Ooh, heard that's of I people was <laughs> <you>. <laughs> I've heard of people having success um, oh. through DM sliding.
1: I see yeah, people ask this all the time and I think it's really fair because it's like it's the new age version of going up to someone in a bar, isn't it?
2: Yeah.
3: Um,
1: new age. Also <laughs> given the circumstances really the pandemic and all, we're going to have to be doing DM sliding a lot. So. It's
2: annoying because I have a business profile, so I, I mean, not to be a dick, <laughs> I, I, sound, I sound like a dick, but literally it says that like 97% of my um, followers are female, and as I'm into men,
1: oh, it's not no. great. That's, I don't like those odds.
2: So come on, tell me what I can do.
1: Okay, so first of all, I would say it might seem scary, but just do it, you know, you've got nothing to lose, and if you yeah, don't try, okay. you'll never know. Okay, so don't just get that out of your head. Um, So tip numero uno would be don't be lazy and just message and go, hey. (laughs) (laughs)
2: The the worst. Yeah,
1: the worst, isn't it? People do it when they do it on dating apps and you're like, is that it? You're already being like, you've got to do all the emotional labor in this, you know, conversation. Yeah. Hey, back.
2: And then you ask the question and you're not even the one that sent the message in the first
1: place. I know it's an absolute p take. So don't go in with just hey or hi, because that doesn't necessarily make the other person inclined to reply. Um, so I spoke to OKCupid's okay dating expert, Melissa Hobley, about this, because obviously, I've been in a relationship a long time, I haven't done a DM slide for a while. But she said, the best thing you can possibly do is make a comment or ask a question about something specific that you've seen on their profile or grid or story or wherever you're like whatever platform you're using because then it starts a conversation so like if they have posted about a tv show you could say oh you know what what's your theory on this or who do you love and who do you hate like say something specific that engages them in conversation that's so interesting also I do
2: feel like it is just um using uh, maybe your like Instagram as a bit of a dating app
1: yeah oh I like that Elsie um, cause
2: do you know one person I know who did meet their husband that way, Tess Holiday. I know that her mm. husband slid in her, into her DMs. So do you think there's a level of, I mean, if you slide into like a celebrity's DMs, I mean, that's, I mean, what kind of level should we get? How many followers should we go for? Are you talking about people you know,
1: or do you know what I mean? I think that's up to you, see. Dream, believe, achieve. I I d- It's up to you. I wouldn't slide into a celebrity DMs because I know they would never want to look twice at me, but people with more (laughs) confidence go for
2: it. (laughs) And if you get no response, is it like um, double messaging? You just don't do it.
1: I just wouldn't, no. I think because also you have to respect people's boundaries. And if they don't reply, they're not interested. Just leave it and move on. Don't be a creep. Um, But Melissa also said, you know, dating apps like Hinge and OkCupid, they have um, prompts, you know, like. Yeah. She said, don't be afraid to use those as like conversation starters almost to kind of give you an idea of what to say to someone. I think that's quite cool.
2: God, honestly, I wish that we could wrap this up and I could get my phone and just find someone.
1: (laughs) Can I just quickly ask, what did um, Tess's um, husband say on the DM slide?
2: I can't remember. I think Uh, it was something like, you're really hot. I mean, I think it was like, you're really hot, which to be fair, if I got that I would reply. Um, oh, would you? But yeah, I remember it all. Always, I always remember because I was like, oh, maybe. Because um, when you have a, a business account, I'm sorry, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, you get like three one. inboxes so you get primary, general, and then you get requests. And honestly, <laughs> I just go my request just to look for anything <laughs> slightly sexual, and there's never anything. Isn't there? No.
1: Um, Honestly, someone slide in, please. Slide in. Um, I do need to tell you about a DM slide I had actually this morning when I woke (gasps) up at 8am. you had one this morning. This morning. It's my first one ever. It was from a couple wanting a threesome. Oh, my God. I know. Was it Frankie from last week? And so I texted it to my (laughs) housemate. no I wish it was thank you Kurt no I, I sent it to my housemate who has loads of threesomes and I was like is this a threesome request and he was like 100% yes I can confirm oh how did you respond I responded very politely but didn't respond to the request to the threesome because I felt it was unprofessional oh god I love but you. if I see them on field the three-way dating app I'll be straight in there
2: um this could be a future episode um <laughs> Uh, So I think that brings us to the end, PG. I don't know why I've called you PG throughout, but we'll carry on. I like it. Um, (laughs) Thank you um, to listening to this week's episode of Cosmopolitans All The Way With. And thank you to Holly-Ann for joining us. And obviously to you for listening. I think i already thanked you once, so you've been thanked twice now. So (laughs) appreciate that. Um, Any sex or dating questions, please keep them coming. You can message us on Twitter or Instagram at Cosmopolitan UK.
1: And as always, Cosmopolitans All The Way With was recorded by Number 8 Studio Remotely and is available to download on ACAST, iTunes, etc. See you next week. Adios.
0: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.